I think it's really about that less is more philosophy, right? Where we think that the key to a functional wardrobe is just going out and buying more stuff when in reality, all we're doing is overwhelming ourselves even more because then we walk into our closets and we have complete decision fatigue, right? The more options you have, the more choices you have to make, even if those pieces that are in there right now are not pieces that fit your body or things that are out of style, it's still creating that decision fatigue. So by really focusing on the 20% of our wardrobes that we're actually wearing, then we're removing a lot of those choices that we're having to make on a daily basis. Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. In today's episode, I'm sharing my conversation with personal style expert and author of the new book, The Ultimate Book of Outfit Formulas, Allison Lombatis. In this conversation, we explore the importance of assessing and shopping one's closet, as well as the balance between trends and classics. Allison shares her journey as an accidental stylist and the counter-cultural message she promotes. We also, and when I say we, I mean I, <laughs> went on a tangent about the impact that dressing up has on mood and confidence, as well as the desire for order and clutter-free environments. Allison truly believes that buying less is the key to loving your wardrobe. So I can't wait to get into that conversation, but quickly before we get there, I want to share my minimalist moment of the week with all of you. I want to expand on something that I posted to social media just about an hour ago, actually. I posted a reel about the follower count on Instagram. I've just been thinking about how social media has started to feel quite cluttered. There's so much content, which can be great, but it's hard to sift through the messages I could truly benefit from because I'm trying to keep track of too many people. I actually get into this concept in an upcoming episode, but have you ever heard of Dunbar's number? Robin Dunbar has a book. It's called How Many Friends Does One Person Need? And he talks about how we can only really manage 150 people, give or take. Dunbar's number correlates to what I've been thinking about because again, I feel like we are following so many people these days. And in this reel, I asked people, I said, why do you hit follow? Do you follow for entertainment, for tips, for recommendations, for gossip, for encouragement? It's likely a mix of all of those things, but can I really take in all of that information all the time? And am I taking away from the things that I'd much prefer to hear and see? So in creating this reel, my intention was just to have you notice, what is that follower count? How many people are you following? But I was responding to one woman and I was telling her on my personal account, I barely see one of my closest friends and she's one of the people I would most prefer to see. So who knows what's going on with the algorithms, but we have control of who we're following, how many people we're following. And it is fun to follow a wide variety of individuals, but I would say that if it's starting to feel overwhelming to you, maybe start there and really be intentional about who you're following, especially as we're starting a new year. All right. And then lastly, if you've yet to leave a rating or review of the podcast, pause the episode. It takes 30 seconds to leave a rating and review, but it is so helpful for others to find the show. Another great way to support the podcast would be to share this episode, share one of your favorite episodes, share the content on the Minimalist Moms Instagram page. I think especially this time of year, yes, we're settling in and getting cozy, but I think we're so aware of the clutter and chaos around us coming out of the holiday season. And especially if you live in a colder place, I know for me sitting with my stuff for months on end, I start to notice, okay, this can probably be a little less cluttered than it is. So share this podcast with someone that might be feeling that way, and I'd so appreciate it. All right, and with that, let's get into this conversation with Allison. I wanted to talk to you because I knew that you had a couple of viral posts that were really resonating with people, in part to the countercultural viewpoint, which is how I think that I'm trying to live. It's it's not easy because it is counterculture, so you're having to push through the 
pain, if you will, for lack of a better term, to discipline yourself. But actually, it's not even really a discipline because there's so much benefit on the other side. You talk about how to love your wardrobe more, you shop less. So that's kind of a big point of what I want to talk about today, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So before we get there, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and then we'll get into the conversation. Absolutely. So yes, I'm Allison Lombatis. I'm a mom of three and I fell into a yoga pants rut when I started working from home. Gosh, it's been 10 years now, which is kind of crazy. (laughs) It'll be 10 years next month. I had fallen into this yoga pants rut. I wasn't getting dressed on a daily basis. I had to reinvent my wardrobe basically because I had that issue of the closet full of clothes and nothing to wear. And all of my clothes in my closet worked for the office environment, but they weren't working for my new work from home, you know, stay at home mom lifestyle. So as I started to rebuild my wardrobe, I started blogging, you know, this was back in 2013 when blogs were a big thing (laughs) and I was sharing my journey and showing other moms, the pieces that I was adding to my closet to create this functional wardrobe that worked for my lifestyle. And I love that you kind of already touched on this, but really just kind of that countercultural message, even back then it was something that, you know, I had to push through because in, in sort of influencer space, you're expected to constantly be showing people new things that they need to buy what all they should be adding to their wardrobes. And I wasn't doing that. I was reusing the pieces in my wardrobe over and over again. And if I was buying something new, then I was going to show you multiple ways that I was pairing that piece up. And from a business perspective, which I wasn't even really thinking about at the time, but I had a friend who was like a big influencer and she said, you know, you're never going to make money at this. And I said, why? And she said, because people want to buy stuff and you're not selling stuff. So what is your business model if you're not earning commissions off the things that you're selling to them? And I decided then and there that that was not authentic or true to my own shopping habits and philosophies. And so I had to find that place of authenticity and trusting that the right people would find me that I could best serve through showing them how to shop their closets, how to reuse pieces and how to build a functional, fashionable wardrobe without having to spend a ton of money doing that. And that's exactly what my platform has been all about, you know, ever since that time. And, and it's been a little bit of a harder journey, I would say as a business person, honestly, like we're, I'm keeping it real here, (laughs) but I would also say that it has made it easier for me to be authentic to who I truly am and also to reach the women who can be best served in this space and want to build functional capsule wardrobes where they're not having to constantly buy the latest and greatest things that they're seeing on Instagram. Absolutely. And you've touched on a few things that I'll comment on. One of which is, yes, if you are in this space, it is hard to make money in this space without selling something. And I've always struggled with that as someone that makes money on advertising, but I've reconciled that I do live in a world where I need things. I need to find the right things to fit the right the right formula for my lifestyle. So I try to pick advertisers and not sell myself out to just make money. I try to pick things that I think would be uh, helpful for, for my listeners. But also I think we can't discredit that things, even the high quality things aren't made as well as things maybe once were. And so if we are going to sell things, especially clothes, maybe we do encourage people to buy a quality over quantity, but at some point that is going to need replaced. And so again, you were talking about shopping your closet and maybe it's time to create that capsule wardrobe that has a few high quality pieces. And then 
maybe you've helped one woman and then you help someone else. And then that first original woman will need to come back to you at some point. I don't know if that makes sense, but it is cyclical. And I just think we're fooling ourselves if we think that we live in a world where we don't need ever to buy something. Maybe I'm wrong. No, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's really about shopping with intention and filling in the gaps as you need things. And I think that that is really the key is that most women don't realize that the first step in creating a functional wardrobe is cleaning out your closet because you have to know what you have in order to know what you need. And I mentioned this statistic before, but we really only wear about 20% of our clothes 80% of the time. So if you get rid of that other 80% that is just in there for whatever reason, and you focus on the 20% that you're actually wearing, at first you're going to feel like, oh my gosh, I have no clothes. But in reality, this is what you're wearing every day. And secondly, this is really going to make it very obvious where you need to fill in gaps in your wardrobe. Maybe you don't have jeans that fit you well, or maybe it's time to replace some of your basics, like your basic t-shirts or your knits. This is an opportunity then to create that list so that you can go out and shop with a purpose. And I always tell women, don't be afraid to curate your closet over time. You don't have to go out and buy all the things at once. Wait for those heck yes items, the things that, you know, if it's not a heck yes, it's a no. If you don't, if you try it on and it doesn't feel right or the material's not right or the quality isn't right, don't be afraid to wait for the right thing and just take your time curating your closet. Because when you do that, you're going to actually want to wear those clothes. You won't throw away the things in six months that aren't working for you, or you're not going to find things in your closet with tags still on them because you're actually going to be able to wear them. So really just taking that inventory is super important. It's, it's not wrong to go out and get the pieces to build the functional wardrobe, but just do it with intention. I'm curious to know your thoughts on trends, because I think often we'll look to social media and see something trendy and we're like, okay, I need that. I don't have that currently in my closet. Um, personally, I try to stay as far away from trends as possible because they are constantly evolving. But there are a few times right now, I didn't have any straight leg jeans. I waited. I mean, I've waited until now. I know skinny jeans have been quote unquote out for a while. And I finally, it's November of 2023, I'm buying straight leg pants. So I did add two pairs to my closet and maybe they are trendy, but I'm like, you know what? I have a lot of clothes that go with this and I'm 35. I'm not trying to fool anyone to say that I'm the most trend-setting individual. So I guess to summarize my question for you is what do you think about trends? Yeah, I think there's a time and place for trends. I'm also a very classic person. Like I love the classic looks and and I can get way more wear out of something that I know is, is going to be a classic that's going to stand the test of time. But I do think that there's a good balance and a good mix in there. And you have to kind of decide what that is for you. It might be 90% classics and 10% trends or it could be 75, 25. It really depends on your own personal style and your preferences. But I also believe in the power of adding in a few new things here and there, because I think that that's what keeps your wardrobe fresh and it keeps it fun and it keeps things from feeling like they're getting too repetitive. And it could be something as simple as adding in the latest color trend in a season or a new pattern, or like you said, like this isn't anything goes time for denim. So if you haven't updated your denim in a few years, it's probably time. I finally broke down and bought those nineties jeans that I swore I'd never wear again. (laughs) I got a new pair this week. Um, but yeah, it is, it's a time where you need to reassess, you know, what's in there. What can I add to freshen things up? And it's also a personality driven thing. Like, do I feel like I want to dress a little bit trendier? And if so, then I can allocate a larger percentage of my clothing budget to adding in some seasonal trends every single year to keep things fresh and fun.
I have a new sponsor that's perfect for my show. The company is Trust and Will. Trust and Will is actually named after exactly what they do. They make trusts and they make wills. My husband and I have been putting off writing our wills for years now. With every trip that we take, we're always reminded that it's something that we need to do when we haven't. However, I've been recently talking about Swedish death cleaning, and after my episode with Emily McDermott, episode 207, I decided that I needed to put it to the top of my list. So when I saw that Trust and Will wanted a partner, I immediately said yes. And I'm really not kidding you when I tell you that my husband and I were able to sit down, work through the prompts. It's super user-friendly, and it took us maybe 30 minutes. There may be some more questions that you want to go a bit more in-depth, but for us, it took us maybe 30 minutes. I think an important part of an intentional life is planning for the future in this way. It's not the most pleasant thing to think about, but it's necessary. So you can gain peace of mind today with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash minimalist. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash minimalist. Okay, so let's backtrack. We've gotten into a few of your tips already, but I want to know a little bit more about you because... You have a lot of experience with this. You've written a book, The Ultimate Book of Outfit Formulas, A Stylish Solution to What Should I Wear? So you aren't just someone that is saying you're an expert. You seem to have had a lot of experience, but how did you get into this arena? So the funny thing is, I am an accidental stylist. I'll be totally honest. I don't have a background in personal style. I have a background as a telecom network engineer, which is like the total opposite (laughs) of personal style. But the funny thing about this is I feel like I never really felt stylish until I was in my 30s. And that's when I started to develop my own personal style, when I started to experiment with things and really just delve into that space. I was a mom, you know, three kids home at the time. Um, They're older now, but back then this was a way for me to just kind of practice self-care was starting to explore my own personal style. Um, A lot of us develop that part of our identity when we're around 15 years old. And if you don't get the opportunity to explore it for whatever reason, it's something that you may need to revisit later on in life. So the good news is style is a skill. Anybody can learn it. You don't have to be born stylish. I was not born with that knack of just being able to put an outfit together, but I've taught myself that over time. And I think that that's where the outfit formulas concept really came into play for me as an, as an engineer, you know, I was walking into my closet, feeling overwhelmed by my choices, didn't know how to get dressed every day. So I kind of broke each outfit down into a formula of five different pieces, your tops, your bottoms, your toppers, which are going to be your jackets, cardigans, et cetera, your shoes and your accessories. And I started playing around with those pieces in different categories and realizing that I could mix and match items as long as the colors were coordinating well. So I tend to dress in a lot of neutrals and then add in pops of color. And that's kind of how I started this style journey and then really just kind of started teaching this concept to other women uh, through my blogging platform and then through launching the Outfit Formulas program. Uh, So yeah, I don't really come from that stylish background. I'm definitely self-taught, but I've learned all kinds of things from color theory to body shape and what fits and flatters bodies and you know, ways that we can get more mileage out of our clothing and how to shop smart. Uh, so much of our shopping nowadays happens online and that requires a much different uh, approach to shopping than it does when you can walk into a store and physically see and feel and try outfit items on. So it has been a journey and I feel like I'm learning something new every day, but it's also a really fun creative outlet and something that I really just encourage women, especially as moms, 
that's something that a lot of us don't delve into. And we're like, nope, I'm going to put that on the back, back burner. I'm going to wait till the kids get older. I'm going to wait till, you know, some future event date, whatever. And we don't focus on that for ourselves, but it also sets an awesome example for our kids too, of, of self-care and, and setting, you know, being that role model for them of prioritizing personal style. Okay. So you have said, get dressed for the day that you want to have. I'm currently recording this. Don't look my best right now. Uh, I've always justified it by saying I'm homeschooled my kids. Oftentimes I'm out walking dogs or running. So sometimes I don't want to get ready, but then I do wonder if there is a little bit of, I don't know, like a lack of confidence in my day. Could that be replaced by dressing up? So I guess is there, do you think there's room for dressing this way or what is your thought process there? Oh, 1000%. I feel like we really just need to give ourselves grace, right? Because everyone's like, oh, you should do this. You should do that. But you have to do what works for you at the end of the day. And some days I will start my day in like my stretchy yoga pants or joggers and my sweatshirt. And I'll do like half my day like that. And then I'll go take a shower and I might put on that same exact outfit again, but it's just that act of splitting up my day, getting my shower, you know, just transitioning into a little bit of self-care mode makes all the difference in the world. So you can feel completely put together wearing an outfit like you're wearing today. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And it's funny because research, and there are plenty of studies out there that show this, that the way that you dress can really impact your mood. So something as simple as choosing your outfit can have a huge impact. And, and think about that. Maybe you're in a comfy, cozy mode and that matches your mood perfectly. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if you're lacking motivation, you feel like there's one small thing you can do, like that tangible thing that you can grasp onto, then try out a different outfit and see how it makes you feel. I have this conundrum in the winter months. I'm in Ohio and I have this where I want to be cozy, especially if I'm homeschooling. I just want to be with a blanket homeschooling my daughter at the table. So I want to wear cozy clothes. However, it's also the time of the year where your body is kind of looking for more calories and carbs and delicious foods. It's the holiday season right now. And so I don't necessarily want to be in my stretchy pants. And then come January, February, I don't like how I'm feeling in my jeans. And I know that like weight is all relative. Usually I gain a few pounds in the winter and lose it by spring. I know this, and I know we're not supposed to talk about this at this point. This is a very taboo subject. Um, however, there is a good balance to be had in saying some days wear the leggings or the joggers, but maybe if you're desiring to keep yourself accountable, put those jeans on so you can kind of see what you're working with. Again, I know this is a taboo thing to say. No, totally. I, I subscribe to that same theory. <laughs> I, I love my carbs in the winter months. And then every few weeks I'll slip into my jeans. I'm like, okay, these would make a good accountability partner for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, going back to that, you get dressed for the day you want to have. I got, I don't know. I just want to expand on that a little bit more because I do think that so many of my listeners are stay at home moms and sometimes you don't feel like it, but after you do, you feel better. Totally. Yes. And I, I, this is how I stumbled across this whole thing on my own. So I was in this yoga pants rut and I started to see like things in my environment were changing. I wasn't, you know, cooking as healthy. I wasn't working out as much. I put on yoga pants in the morning, but I didn't actually work out. Um, and my husband would leave in the morning, give me a kiss. And I would be in the same things when he got home that I had on when he left. And I wasn't, you know, keeping up with things around the house as much and noticed that 
maybe I wasn't feeling as motivated at work. And it was like the snowball effect of things that started happening in my life. And I couldn't really put my finger on it, except to know that I had lost accountability for getting dressed in the morning. I transitioned into working from home. I didn't have to be ready to go in the office, which was great. I felt like I had more time, but I was also kind of sacrificing the good stuff that was coming from being able to hold myself accountable for that and have a routine and structure and a schedule. And so one night I sat down and I thought, what's one thing I can change tomorrow? And I decided the next day I would get up and get showered and ready for the day and put on like real clothes, right? And go through my day. So I did that. And I was surprised just how much better I felt, even though no one else was going to see me in that day, I felt like a new person. And when I picked my daughter up from school that afternoon and she got in the car and looked at me, she said, mommy, what happened to you? And I said, what? And she said, well, you look pretty today. And that was also kind of like a motivator too, right? Because I'm like, oh, wait, my daughter's noticing how much I'm taking care of myself or lack thereof. And so that's why I started blogging and really just kind of sharing my outfits and what I was putting together. And that's kind of like my origin story of I'm, I'm going to hold myself accountable by posting my photos on this blog and teaching other women the pieces that I'm adding to my closet. And honestly, like the research is out there too, not just my own personal story, but there's something called the enclosed cognition effect that um, I think that they had the participants put on like a, a white coat and were told half of them that they were painters and half of them that they were doctors. And then they tested them across all of these different factors after telling them this. And the, the ones that were told were doctors, they scored higher in things like self-efficacy and self-confidence, and they just presented themselves differently. So it's funny to think about how the clothes that we put on, we actually start to take attributes of that, of those clothes. So, you know, if you want to feel like a CEO, you dress like a CEO. It's, it's funny how our brains will just adapt to that. And we will, we will show the world who we are. We'll show up in, you know, whatever we're wearing and we will take on the same traits as that as well. Absolutely. I think if I can get low in my self-confidence or my self-talk. It does help if I put on makeup. And I know that's not a full-on measurement of my value. I understand that. But it just, it helps to put on makeup or to do my hair or to even put on, even if I'm not wearing makeup and I have my hair in a top knot with a nice sweater on, it does follow that your positivity increases. I don't know why you gave a good scientific example, but I think I just don't want my value to always come from that. I want to be able to have a positive, just a positive view of myself detached from what I look like. And I think I have that. But sometimes, again, it just is a little boost that I need. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head again. It's it really it's about that balance. Right. And knowing <laughs> that there are there are certain things in our environments that just make us feel better. For me, it's when I don't have like a sink full of dishes or if I make my bed in the morning and I don't I don't make that you know, my value, my value or my worth wrapped up in that. It's just that there are small things that we can do that are kind of tangible steps in the right direction that sometimes when you're feeling like you're overwhelmed or I've dealt with high functioning depression throughout my life. And I know that these small things are not going to cure that, but there are also steps in the right direction that kind of are that little ray of light in the darkness sometimes. And that's exactly what we need. Absolutely. It makes me think about how our bodies do desire to get back to just this like homeostasis, nor like what's the word I'm looking for? I actually don't even really know what I'm trying to say. I just know that when we go and see aesthetically pleasing things, whether we go into a store that's very well put together, it smells good and it looks good to our brain. We, we want that. Have you ever heard this? 
I haven't, but I totally have experienced it. <laughs> yeah. What it made me think of it is that you were talking about if you have dishes in your sink, we want to put the dishes back in our cupboards. We don't want them to remain there. We need order again. And so I think for ourselves, if we are consistently out of order in our appearance and our the clutter we have in our homes, or even if we have gained some weight and we've been in a slump, we want to course correct and get these things back into order. I get it. I get it. I am a big proponent of getting rid of clutter because I think it just clogs up our, our minds too, right? It's, it's hard to focus whenever you have external clutter. And for me, that's like clear off the desk, make sure my work environment's all like calm and I crave peace too. And I feel like that's just another way of kind of getting into that flow state of mind. Absolutely. Again, I probably didn't articulate that in the best way. I think listeners probably understand what I'm trying to say, but I want to go on to, this is going to release towards the end of the year. So people will be listening to this as they start to prepare for the new years, which outside of resolutions, if we are starting a new year, what would you say are some must have items that we would want to have in our closet? This is a great opportunity again, to go to your closet and do that inventory. And this is really going to vary from person to person, my closet staples may look different than someone else's closet staples. You really have to think about your lifestyle first. What are you wearing most often? What are you going to get the most use out of? And also what are the gaps that you need to fill in? So first place I would start for most women that are listening is great fitting denim, because that is going to be the workhorse of your closet. It's easily dressed up or dressed down. If you don't have a pair of black jeans, especially as we're heading into the new year and it's still cold, I think that black jeans are a workhorse in anyone's closet. You can wear them for a date night, you know, make them look cute with some ankle boots and a cute sweater, or you can totally dress them down with a pair of sneakers and a sweatshirt. Uh, they just work for everything. So look for a pair of black jeans that has a little bit of stretch to them. You can do any style. I, I'm serious when I say like it is an anything goes season for jeans. Yes, skinny jeans are kind of, I wouldn't say they're going out. They're a new classic. So they're not like totally out of style. If you're wearing your skinny jeans, continue to rock them. Nobody's going to look at you and say, oh my goodness, she's like so dated or so out of style. Um, they're still going to stick around. They're just not having a moment <laughs> right now. Whereas some other jean styles are having that moment. So take inventory of your knits. You know, it's, it is getting colder. I live in Texas, so we don't usually wear our sweaters. I'm actually wearing one today, but we don't usually get to wear our sweaters until after Christmas. So that's a great time for me to go and look at my sweater collection and say, am I prepared for January, February? Do I have what I need? Do I need to replace or repair, you know, anything um, in order to be ready for the season ahead? Take advantage. If you do need to add some things, it's a great time of the year to take advantage of sales. Look for things like good quality boots, which go on sale right after Christmas. Um, outerwear, this is a great time of the year to snag an awesome deal on a new winter coat if you need one of those. Um, and yeah, just look at your basics too, like your t-shirts, things like that, that may need to be replaced. And my tip for you with that is if you find a great white t-shirt that you love, just know that they get stained easily. They don't last forever. And it doesn't matter how expensive or how good a quality is. That's just, the, it's just a fact with white t-shirts. So make sure you buy multiples of things that you really, really love or buy it in multiple colors. Same thing goes for jeans. If you find a pair that you love that fit you perfectly, buy them in multiple washes because sometimes when you go back to the store, you know, a few weeks later, they might be out of your size or I've gone back a few months later just to discover that they don't even sell that style anymore. Um, so don't be afraid to buy multiples of the things that are those heck yes items that you love. 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to ask you. Was there anything else that you wanted to make sure you hit on in this episode? No, I think that just really like the simplicity of doing the closet clean out and starting from scratch is the best place. Like women don't intuitively go there because it's hard and it requires that work up front, but it also makes everything else in the wardrobe building experience so much easier from that point forward. Uh, I do a closet clean out now twice a year and I try to only keep two seasons at a time in my closet and the rest of it somewhere else um, because like out of sight, out of mind, I don't need to focus on that. I just need to focus on what's in my closet right now. And that helps to simplify the process so much more too. I've always struggled with even being a minimalist. I have too much in my closet. However, I am constantly going back through it and just assessing, do I still wear this? Do I still want this? So I think even if you're someone that does love clothes, I love clothes. I've loved clothes since I was little. I may not have as many as some people, but it's something that I wouldn't say is quite minimalist. I don't have a capsule wardrobe, but I think as long as you're going back through and you do love everything that you own, that's kind of my brand of minimalism. I want you to love what you have in your household. And I don't want to say the exact moment that you stop loving it, it's gone, but just you should be assessing regularly what you have, what you own. And if you don't love it anymore, you don't wear it, why do we still keep it? And I think that's something that only you're going to know but it's important to to minimize it and really shop with intention, wear your clothing with intention, live your days with intention. I'm just so big on all of that. Totally. I love it. All right. Well, where can we find you, Allison, online? Grab a copy of your book if we want to do so. Uh, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Allison Lombatis and all things Outfit Formulas at Outfit Formulas and Outfit Formulas Official. We also have a fun quiz you can take for free. If you want to get a result of an outfit idea that's going to work for you, you can even shop your closet for it. It's at outfitformulas.com slash quiz. And you can get my book at Amazon. Perfect. Well, as we wrap up this conversation, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what's been a beneficial resource in your life that you want to share with the listeners? Uh, Lately, (laughs) I have really been loving, uh, I've subscribed to this service called The Agency where they send me skincare products. And it has made the biggest difference in my skin in the past few months. Uh, I know that they like make these little potions of different ingredients that's personalized and, and I can just see such a difference in my skin. So yes, I'm, I'm like totally a huge fan of them now. And then my last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about? Well, if you ask my husband this question, he would say it's my app. We are in the process of custom developing an app that's going to make it super easy to get dressed every day. Our MVP is launching in January, and I cannot wait to get it in the hands of our beta testers so that they can see all the cool things that we're building. Okay, great. Well, I'll have to stay tuned for that. And again, this was so helpful. I hope that people take some of your encouragement and wisdom into the new year. I know that I will. So thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Diane. What did you think of the episode? I hope you enjoyed the conversation. To learn more about today's guest, including links, resources related to everything discussed today, visit the episode page at minimalistmomspodcast.com, where you can find the entire podcast archive, as well as my book, Minimalist Moms Living and Parenting with Simplicity, or other ways to connect or work with me online. If you'd like to support the podcast, the easiest and most impactful thing you can do is subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and leave a rating or review of your favorite episode. Lastly, sharing the show or your favorite episode with friends on social media is very helpful and will encourage others on their journey to think more and do with less.